The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs> you can't words? Yeah. Man. Every time we get if, in a discussion where like I have to start using logic and explain to her yeah. how uh, like how things work in my mind, which I mean, whatever. <laughs> that's a that's a ball of wax right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh it always devolves into you can't even words. So why am I going to listen to your logic? It's a good thing she's as young as she is because if she was any older, I'd really feel I'd really feel the need to come down hard on her about not using full sentences. Anybody that uses the term "you can't words," oh, that, like that's part of the joke. I is know, she's I know. purposely talking bad because I. I do make sentences that are like in terms of grammar make no sense. And I mean, both of her parents are like writers or whatever. So she knows. (laughs) I know as the son of a writer, the, yeah, I'm the son. I'm a son. I'm a son. I hope that's been established of a writer. And Mary's dad is a speech writer and her mom mom is is like a library person. See? <laughs> Evidence of my lack of words. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough. All right. And an English teacher at one point, apparently. Right. From what I've been able to gather. Right. English was one of those languages that I simultaneously failed and passed with honors. Ah, my I didn't inf- care about high school enough to really do well in anything. <clears throat> I didn't either. I just didn't always have a lot else to do. You know, I'm bored. I play computer games or I go outside and walk around the farm or I sit down and do homework. Sometimes I sit down and do homework. Although it was never homework. It was always, you know, abstract things that didn't really apply, which is why I would fail, but also get good grades. I had a okay. I had a, no word of lie. I I had an English instructor that enjoyed. Maybe he was just humoring me. Maybe I'm remembering everything wrong. But he enjoyed everything that I seemed to do a lot, to the point that on some assignments I would get like a 35 and a gold star, and and then I'd get exempt from the final. Oh, a 35 <laughs> it was just and weird. a gold star. <laughs> I know. Ah. Uh. All sorts of messed up. That is. <laughs> oh, that was if Mary my... was here right now, she'd be <clears throat> saying, oh, you got a, a banana sticker. 
<laughs> but at the same time, he'd exempt me from the final. Yeah. Because he, I, I don't know, maybe he thought I would fail more. That would probably make more sense. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Saw so you were putting effort into it, so. That's the thing, is I really didn't. Like, I would. That still sounds like more effort than I put. We had a. I would be handed homework and it'd just be like, oh, I'm not doing that. We had a poetry assignment um, and it happened to fall right around Christmas time. So he insisted that all the, all the poems that we had to write um, fell in line with Christmas. Oh, that's in a some way. idea. Yeah, well. I'm just talking about I, my. I took it upon myself to, to spice up the spice up the presentation. I was not a good writer at this time. I don't think I was anyway. And I took two pieces of plywood, cut them to about eight and a half by 11 standard size, tied them together with, with rope and engraved on the front Xmas. (laughs) And that was how I handed it in. Then a whole bunch of pages inside. That makes me think of a poem I wrote. Uh, I still have it too. In school, we were being taught some kind of literary device of like where you take an object or a creature or something, but you make you write it as though it's the thoughts of a human being experiencing a thing or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. And I wrote a poem that was like the point of view of grass being eaten up by a lawnmower. <laughs> And nice. it got published in the newspaper, I guess. I don't know. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, I, I did some of my better work in social class. We had, to, um, we had to write an essay about, remember this one, it was grade 12. We had to write an essay about um, early industrial, uh, life in early industrialization time. I, I vague memories. It was 20 plus years ago. Anyway, so... <clears throat> I took it upon myself to, instead of, instead of write an essay, I wrote a first person perspective, not journal, but kind of journal like story, um, of, of a guy getting up to go to work and then going to work and describing, you know, up to lunchtime type of thing. And that was my essay. And I got a great mark on it. I, it was like 90 something, which to some kids isn't great. But to me, that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, if, if, but I, I hate I don't to bring her up, but she's such a nerd. Oh man. Mary is such a <laughs> nerd. You're yeah. gonna, you're gonna get hell for that one. No, I call her a nerd all the time. <laughs> but yeah, a yep. 90 to her is like, oh, I'm doing bad. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I wish I took that approach. I was a 60s kid up until You're I was both a nerds 60s kid in comparison until, to me. Yeah, well. I was like we've a heard 30s you, kid. We've heard you word. Yes. <laughs> huh. Um you had a you came in you had a you had a cool idea you wanted to talk about. Uh yeah. Well, cuz you try to force out of me ideas. I want you to kind of contribute to the show more than just sit there and look pretty. I'm so pretty. It's true. <laughs> that's uh, how you get all the girls, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's how you got the one. 
I don't know about that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she would argue that too. Because <laughs> it's, it's certainly not your charm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. Your idea. I was approached by someone this week. And it made me think that this would be a cool little topic. Cool. I don't know how much talk out of it we could get, but... We'll stretch as much as we can. I'm sure. Uh, but I was approached by somebody, and they want me to do work, but the way they approached me about it was just amusing to me. <laughs> okay. Because I just, I get asked a question, like, what drum um, software do you use? And just like... I I thought about it for a bit because like I don't really use drum software most of the time. Right. I I usually if I'm working with a band, it's just whatever the band gives me. That's is what I'll use. But like in the process of thinking about it, I realized that the question he was actually asking me was, "What do I do to or what do I use to write with?" type of thing. And so just my answer, oh, Superior Drummer is the one I know the best because it is the one I know the best. And um, where was I going? Oh. <laughs> you forgot uh, your story midway through. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't words. <laughs> anyway, uh, after I, I respond with telling him like superior drummer is the one I know best. He then just was like, Oh, well I would really love to do a project and I want, I want to get together and like do something in the vein of hardcore punk. It's just like, wait, are, are you demanding work or demanding? I work with you. <laughs> like his whole approach was like, what do you use? And then like, we're working together. Like that's, that's, that's acceptable to me. Let's, let's move forward with this. Yeah. Like move forward with what? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, did I miss something? Did I like black out for 30 seconds of this conversation? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I thought the topic would, or an interesting idea for something to talk about is like clients that are potential clients that are just like, you're working with me now. Oh, okay. So I don't know how to word it it properly right um you I see think I, I got I, my idea i thought you were i thought you were more thinking about about how how clients approach engineers in general uh, that could, would actually probably be a better right? idea out like, of the story i mean <laughs> the story itself is something i want to talk about because it, it was interesting mm-hmm. what and, and and who is he? Is is he a regular client? Is he someone you work with? Coworker, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, he. Uh, what department does he work in? Rentals. Oh, okay. He's the new one. The new guy in rentals. Yeah. All right. Although so, he's not really a new guy. He's, he's just new to rentals. Uh, he used to manage one of the locations, and then he was not working for the company for two years and now he's back. Oh, but he has to start from the bottom. Uh, that's not as cool, but okay. Yeah. It's just kind of how the company works. If you're gone for more than a year, like good luck getting back. And if you do get back, mm. you start from the bottom. I suppose. 
You know what? That is kind of fair to the people who have been there two years in between the time he left and the time he starts back, right? So, well, so most therefore, people he is who the, stay at Long McQuaid, it's like it's a li- they're lifers. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've having been in at Long McQuaid for like a year and a half now. It's I've seen how it works, and it is like good luck going back to Long McQuaid if you're gone for more than a year, or if the way you do leave is kind of weird. Good luck ever being hired back into Long McQuaid. That's too bad that they're, they're that. I recently... Well, it's kind of a mob family kind of... Well, that's that's exactly what I mean. Like, like if someone needs to leave... Uh, it, they'll it, help let, you out if you need to leave. Well, but, but, but I'm, I'm saying... I guess if you leave, if you leave in a, on, on bad terms... Yeah. That's understandable. Um... But I would imagine most employees don't leave on bad terms. Most employees probably leave. I would hope uh, most employees don't leave on bad terms. It, it's not even necessarily if you leave on bad terms. Like if you just leave because a, a better opportunity presented itself, and then the end of that opportunity comes, and it's just like, oh, I need to work again. Unless you know you're on good terms with people who have some weight in the company to get you back in. Uh, it's like, there are higher ups that'll be like, oh, what's going to stop him from leaving again? Like, that's the mindset some of the upper management has when coming to hiring people who've worked for Long McQuaid before. I I can understand or that At least from what I've heard. I can understand that perspective. Um, and I guess from a, from an accounting paperwork standpoint, it's hasslesome, but I mean, and, and, and I mean, I, I, I love Long McQuaid and a lot of what they do and a lot of what they try to do and a lot of what they're doing for Canada and the music scene in Canada and, 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 and just the, the whole industry. But that seems pretty petty because it's just long and McQuaid. Like it's just a salesman job. And I imagine most people that are working at long and McQuaid have, have ambitions to something else. And I would hope that a, a, a big company like that would be above being petty. Uh, I could understand. I wouldn't necessarily call them petty. It's just it's, kind of it's, weird. It's just kind it of is s- very, how everyone who works there describes it. Mob family. And that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what I mean. Like that's that when I picture mob family, I picture like, like, you know, the Italian mob, we, you know, I have my terrible Italian accent, but I, I picture, I picture a family that has too much pride and that's what causes most of their problems. Yeah. I don't really. And, and, and and, I mean, you know, I just, Maybe I'm I'm using the wrong words here, but uh, it's just... Well, we do know you have trouble with words. Yeah, well... <laughs> it's just, I have, I've seen it. It's like pretty much the more you do for Long McQuaid, the better they kind of treat you. And like, I mean, sure. as soon as they hire you on, it's like they spent money to send you across the country to get training and... And and they're going to probably send me on a plane here next month 
to do more again training. to do more training. Do we need to schedule? Because a- I've been, I have no idea. All right. As <laughs> soon as you know, we got to work that out. Because if I have to do I've, a show solo. <laughs> I've gotten a newsletter and my newsletter says sometime in the middle of April at one of these three cities. <laughs> so that's all I know about what's going on in April for my more training that I'm doing. But like, there's again, like I've been at Long McQuaid long enough that I'm getting training to become not a repair tech, but like the guy before items see the repair tech. So if it's like blown fuses, that's what I do. You troubleshoot the the easier things so that he doesn't have to do that. So he can focus on the actual stuff that needs repair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, when they train you, they, they will give you like a lump sum of money that gets you, like if you had to take a plane, you will spend money to get the cab to go to the hotel that they're paying for. Um, and then it also pays for like your food while you're there, your cab back. They've already paid for your plane there and back. Um, and then I think it also pays for your cab to get from when you get back to your home. And, and I, I totally, I totally appreciate this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I totally appreciate everything they seem to do. And I would, I would understand if, 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 a, if, if an employee is leaving too soon and, and, and they must have like a, like an accounting, um, uh, so, some line where once you're past this much employment, that investment is, 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 is paid back that like, here, this, this is the line where we've made our return on the investment of the employee. Right. And all, and, and this training, I'm and all, and this sure expense. they do. And, and I, I would, I would hope that I would hope that I definitely know that people who've been at long McQuaid less than a year will never. And that's, and that's totally fair. You know, like, um, which I mean, yeah, it's totally fair. Cause they spend thousands of dollars to like ship you to Toronto or Vancouver but with that in mind, they should also have they should also have a some sort of some sort of contract, some sort of um, employment contract that that states you know we're going to make this investment in you, so we need a year long commitment or we need a an eighteen month commitment. Uh, um, their policies kind of do that okay. anyway. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would, I would just think that someone who's gone through that training, if they leave for a short enough amount of time, um, then they can come. They, they, it would, it would make sense financially, investment wise, to bring that employee back after a short amount of time if they want to come back, right? Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's just, there's just all sorts of, all sorts of scenarios in there where taking a hard mob life. Or mob family line uh, seems seems it's just that Long McQuaid kind of looks at all their employees as kind of like a family. Sure. And then when you leave that family, like it's it just it's a weird situation of like you left the family and like yeah. I don't know. I th- I think some people just take it maybe too seriously that work too in the company. Too, yeah, that's fair. And 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 you know what? It's probably all the complaining that I'm doing right now about this perspective that they have they're 
their stance is probably one of the reasons why they're so successful. You know, like, like well, huge even, reason even they're just, successful is because they are very customer first. But even, even just 20 years ago, even just 20 years ago, they weren't, they weren't the success story that they are now. Um, they well, were still fighting yeah. it out with the Axe Musics and the Steve Musics and the Studio Economics and the, and the whatever. Huge, uh, huge reason they're successful is because of Yorkville. I mean, mm-hmm. if if we're going to company be, acquisitions, absolutely. They didn't. Did Yorkville. They, they started. They started Yorkville. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Yorkville uh, and Trainer and yeah and um, uh, yeah. Trainer was the first company, and that okay. Trainer was named after their tech that right. they had at yeah I remember uh, that. whichever location it was, and he was for fun building PA speakers and stuff like that. But then people wanted those PA speakers. So trainer was started, but then they wanted to break off trainer because they wanted it to be more guitar oriented or something right. along those lines. And so they, so Yorkville was born to be the PA side right. of things and trainer was more guitar amps and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then trainer became a distribution center and trainer had, or not trainer uh Yorkville had became a, a distribution center slash PA company and now they like do crazy things like Yorkville owns several companies now <laughs> in fact they just bought out HB whatever HHB Canada yeah and i mean HHB Canada is still going to be their own company, but Yorkville is the parent company of HHB. Right. Right. And HHB has been, they've been a, they've been a heavy hitter in, in distribution in Canada for years. Yeah. And like with Yorkville buying it, it shows you just like how big the distribution center of Long McQuaid is. Long Holdings owns Yorkville or something like that. Right. Which I don't helps mind, I don't mind the monopoly. Long and McQuaid become the quarter of a billion dollar company that they are. I just wish they had their website still sucks. Yes. Um but, but they I, only have like ten programmers that are both working on our POS and like uh, that. Man. Something like that. They they have a very small their website specifically, team. and I just it's I been just, getting better. I just tweeted them, yeah. Um, like as we started this this podcast, I tweeted them, and so I hope they listen to this episode. Um, they but probably won't. But. Yeah, <laughs> their website is specifically the reason why I don't shop more at Long and McQuaid. And that's I, and fair. I'm, and I yeah right. And I'm and I'm, I'm hate, sure uh, like. At work, I use other companies' search bars. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, the The Sweetwater website down in the states is one of the one of the best organized. I don't uh, love Sweetwater it. Sweetwater and Musicians Friend are the ones okay. I use at work myself and a lot. I don't shop at either of them because the cross border thing. Yeah, um, I don't right? shop at either one. I no. just use them so that I can get the information that I'm trying to get. <laughs> but even even Studio Economics website is so much better than Long and McQuaid's, um, simply because it it works. And, yeah. and Long and McQuaid's the, the thing that I've noticed recently is that Long and McQuaid's website, the sorting tools, um, 
shut down a lot of other functions and they, there's just all sorts of glitches in it. I was trying to, I was trying to find my way through something yesterday and it was just nothing but glitches the moment I would get into the sorting tools yeah. and, and I little things. I don't and, like the search engine that's in it because I could yeah. put the exact model number mm. in the search field and it won't come up and it won't come up. I can even put the SKU number on there and it won't come up. <laughs> oh man. So lots of work to go. Lots of work to go. I, I mean, they're, they're trying, but I also having gone to their head office, I've seen how it, it seemed there. to me that their, their computer side of things was pretty small. The bulk of which I think is the POS is what they work on mostly, which I mean, it's great because I think it's like 80 companies or 80 locations across Canada. They want to make sure right. that we're all connecting to one another. Yeah. And they've improved the POS like immensely in the, like the last year that I've been using right. it. But the website, definitely. It would be nice if they fixed that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also like, uh, you, you're, you, yeah. I could go on about like some bureaucracy stuff that goes on about that companies, right? Yeah. 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 Um, any other cool stories of what's going on at work? Oh, you know what? We totally tangented. We didn't even yeah. actually talk about, um, the point of you starting that story or the, the point that you made that was better than the one that <laughs> I originally thought. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I don't know how you get approached normally, to, to work on projects. Uh, normally it's like an email. Occasionally it's a phone message because I rarely answer my phone because I'm usually doing stuff. Right. <laughs> but I don't think I've answered any of the voicemails because I've always noticed that it was a rapper just by the way mm. they talk. Right. And I don't, <laughs> if I can't understand half the words that come out of your mouth, I, I, I I'm I have no interest. Try. To... Why even try? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I occasionally get a voicemail and usually ignore it because I don't understand what the person's trying to Fair enough. tell so, me. So what, what are people, ask, what are people approaching you through email for then? Since those are the ones. You uh, usually understand. via email, they'll be pretty upfront and honest and be like, Hey, I'm interested in possibly getting you to work for me. I got X, Y, Z. Can you give me a quote as to how much you think that'll be? And then, you know, usually I still need more information, but I'll be like, here's the stuff I need to know, but here's a basic outline right. of what I th- what it might look what, like. What kind of questions do you ask? Because this, this seems to be where, where my communication breaks down with a lot of clients is... Clients are clients, as you know, are never specific. Yeah. Like never specific in a, in a useful way to us so that we can accurately quote them. Right. And, and so I, I, I try to ask, I try to ask leading questions so that they'll g- actually give me useful information yeah. short of providing them with a 20 question questionnaire. Cause that's what I really need. And, and I, I, I struggle so much with, with leading quest, with leading clients to the question, to, to the answers that I need for the questions that I have. So what do you, what do you usually ask them for Uh, and specifically? Well, even if I still trying to figure out how to ask 
question or what questions to ask where I'm going to actually get an answer. Okay. Because I will ask questions and I'll still receive no answer. Like, yeah. Like, even with like the people, scenario I describe where I'm like, I have these couple questions and that'll help me better give you a quote that'll be more. And they, and they ignore half the questions, right? If I'm, if I'm <laughs> if you're, lucky, if you're lucky, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's generous. To, uh, yeah. That, majority of the time it's like, they don't even answer my questions or if they do answer any of my questions, it's like one question. Right. Of like, and it's usually like, oh, it's going to be X amount of songs. Okay. How long are the, like, I have roughly how long are these songs? How many tracks are there is like the more important question. Mm-hmm. Do you need editing is another big question. Yeah. And like, they'll, they'll never give me answers to questions that will definitely make the biggest impacts in okay. terms of me quoting them a price. So he's like the little questions. That's like, it'll be this many songs. Right. Uh, and stuff like that. Cool. Um, I, and I think that's even lucky sometimes. Recently I've started, I've started changing the specific questions that I ask is that I've always been the guy that asks, you know, like, how many songs are you doing? What's the lineup of the band? What's the, what's the instrumentation? What's the arrangement? Whatever. Um, how many, you know, how many songs, um, you know, what are your expectations? And, 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 and then I, I always, I always uh, have I should to start narrow ask, things down. Asking that one, your expectations. I, I started, I started asking questions, um, with, with descriptions of what I'm looking for in the answer afterwards in like brackets like who is your producer the producer is sort of like the project manager uh and oftentimes that's you as the artist but sometimes you need someone else so do you know who your producer is uh you know like i'll 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 provide those kind of explanations as in addition to the actual question yeah and i still like don't man yeah i got a the answer I got to that in the most recent series of emails with a potential client was, yes, I need producing. Okay. Who's your producer? Yeah. Are you approaching me to be your producer? <laughs> well, and, and, and that's, that's just it. And I'm, so I, I'm, I'm slowly trying to narrow down. I know um, Tyson, Tyson Travnik has, uh, excuse me. Um, he's got a pretty good actual questionnaire. Like he hands a page to the client and say, fill this out. And I've, I've, I've seen it, but I've never really looked you know over what? it. I could see him totally approaching it exactly how you just presented it to just here's a piece of paper. Yeah. Fill it out. Yeah. That's, and and that's what his, that's what his contract so is. So just on point about it too. <laughs> just like, before we do anything, you have to fill this out. I'm not working on it. I'm not even looking at your project until yeah. you fill that out. I know, right? Um, I was but, actually, I, mean, I was actually thinking of maybe, of maybe just charm. building something like that into. Um, should I answer this? This is a former guest calling. Uh, I don't know. No, that that would be bad radio. We've had that happen. Um. Uh, yeah. So I, I 
I've been toying with the idea of just maybe building all of that into the questionnaire that I have on my website. Like if you're contacting us, fill these out. Nothing's mandatory, but already at that point, um, you know, asking for more details about the project. Because <clears throat> some of the details that I get for a project, when I, when I say, you know, what's the lineup of the band uh, or what kind of instrumentation or what kind of arrangement do you want for your song? They're like, well, you know, I want some music and I want to sing. That's a common, uh, that's a common response. I mean, yeah. I know what they're saying, but it's at the same time, it's just like, okay, so do you need me? Like it, it, that yep. response just pretty much opens a whole new well, it, 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 window of questions that I have to then ask and be like, yep. okay, are you wanting me to find you? These you know what, people, you know what I should do? Maybe, maybe this is what we should do. Um, maybe we should have a questionnaire type of document or even something you can just paste into the email. And the first, instead of asking a whole bunch of questions, ask them or say, uh, maybe say something in the email. Like, so, uh, in, in order for me to, to, um, give you an estimate or, or, or whatever, uh, I'd like to send you a questionnaire to fill out because I need, I need a lot of information to be able to quote this project, to be able to quote your project or to be able to help you with your project. So is it okay if I send you a questionnaire um, and then take your time, fill it out, send it back. And if they still don't answer, which they probably won't, they still won't answer yeah. all the questions. Majority of the time, it won't work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is me being pessimistic, but I'm yeah well, fairly confident in saying that majority of the time the artist is just going to be like, oh, oh, I don't want to put effort into getting a quote. I'll just yeah, you go mean, you with can't one tell of me? these guys who you, can yeah. tell me, and then I'll go with the lowest price and probably be unhappy with the result, <laughs> or be clueless and not know that they they get a crappy product. Um, yeah, it's just, just all sorts of frustrating. I had a, I lost a major contract. Not that it was, not that it was actually worth a ton of money, but it was worth a, a, a reasonable amount of exposure. I lost a major contract, um, to a studio who's got a day job. Oh, and so, so he can severely undercut so, yeah. people. And he undercut me to the max. I can't even, I can't possibly compete. I can't, I couldn't even keep my doors open for that. Um, if I was working full time, 40 hours a week with it. And so, yeah, I was really upset about that when I found out yesterday. I found out, I go to the, I'm talking to a new network connection, mm-hmm. um, El Designo great they're uh they're a design and branding company um that do do some awesome work you know what i'll show you i'll show you their business cards later because that's just cool like they are awesome funny guys um anyway so i'm I'm, I'm talking to them and i'm showing them this this company because i think they could do business with this company and i used to be on the list of of uh, on the list of the network for this company that they engage with, with their bands. 
Okay. They're, they're one of those, they're one of those, um, kind of band management companies. Okay. Right. So I, so I used to be on this list and I noticed that I'm not on the list. And I noticed, I noticed before Christmas that, Hey, okay, these, these other studios, these other studios are on the list. I'm no, and, and, and I was on the list then, but I was buried at the bottom. <laughs> and then of course, I'm probably buried at the bottom because of alphabetical, which I can't argue with that. But I find, but I, I look at it yesterday and I'm not on the list. So I send the guy, I send the guy a text, send the owner of the company a text. And I say, Hey man, like just wanted to know what's going on. Um, did you guys decide to cancel our arrangement or whatever? And, and through a couple of emails, pretty sure he was, he was just feeding me a line of bullshit, but, um, they decided to drop me because these guys were cheaper. And their bands were more interested in cheaper. Of course they are. Yeah. Anyway, it was... Um, and this is the same studio that Anacrut you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the cheaper studio, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, they, do, they do good work, but the guy does work a full-time job somewhere else. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Is it just a new studio? Mm-mm. No, I've been in a studio that's been around. I don't want to mention their names because they're really um, good guys, right? Yeah. Um, I've, I've met the guy personally and he's just doing business. He can afford to do this and, and it's good business for him. And so I, I don't hold anything against him. Um, but the, just the very fact that I was dropped from, dropped from that organization's uh, network because the bands weren't interested in paying more. Like that's retarded. That's dumb. I was, I was really upset. Mm. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> that, I don't, I don't even know how I got tangented on that. Um, right. So, so I think back to this whole asking the right questions, I, yeah, maybe it is, maybe it is just, just do, we, we just need to do the, the Tyson thing. And here's a questionnaire. I need all of this information or I can't give you the answers you want. But I know. Or I deal with backlines all the time. I yeah. know that those questions will not be answered. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should just, maybe I should just stick with, um, I, I know you're, you're in my cases are a little different, but maybe I should just stick with, uh, stick with um, the standard packages that I have. I have the live package. I have the one song in one day package. And then I have the radio ready package. Here's their starting prices. They go up from there. Uh, if, if you want to give me more information, I can give you more detail, but my approach lately has been like, I just would say like, this is my going or this is my default rate. And that's how I would describe it is this right. is my default rate. This is what I tell everybody. And then it adjusts from there, depending on if I really want to do the project or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's what, um, that's what Stu over at Sound Extractor does. I'm sure that's what a lot of studios do actually. Well, it's more or less what I do because if it's a, a full, like 10 songs that I don't, really want to do it yeah. do it's like it's staying at my default rate right but if it's like 10 songs and something that i know i'd be interested in would be pretty highly motivated to get done mm-hmm. i'm gonna drop my rate that's fair that's fair um the only 
rate I have that I can't really drop is my recording rate. Like I always quote people and I've had to explain how it works to them every time I quote people it, but I'll tell people it's $50 an hour to record. And then I have to explain to them that like I'm only making $15 out of that 50. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like the $15 an hour, that's what you're paying me. The rest is going to the studio, going to the studio or wherever you need to rent to make their thing happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. I know as a, as a former, as a former musician who shopped around for studios in town and was grossly disappointed with things. I was grossly disappointed with the wrong things as a musician. Cause I didn't know, you know, I hadn't spent a lot of time in studios. I'd spent a lot of time in basement studios. I mean, I did my first recording and my first full band recording in 97 for $180 over a three day weekend in some guy's basement. And it was mixed on a Mackie and mastered to cassette. Yeah, I remember those days too and getting like angry because somebody was asking me for $500 a day to record and it just seemed weird to me that yeah. it cost that much money. But like as as I got more experiences, it was like $500 a day is reasonable. I mean, I can't ask that today. Yeah. I'd be lucky if I get 400 Yeah, yeah, I, I rarely get my day rate. Yeah. It's, it's really rare that I have, that I have clients that want more than four or five hours at a time anyway. Right. I think, I think my entire last year I might've had, might've had four cases where the client has gone as, has wanted the day rate short of, short of the, uh, short of other engineers. Right. Yeah. Uh, Other engineers will always go for the day rate because they recognize that it's the cheaper option. Right. Usually. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm glad I've kind of stopped advertising and I'm just doing the whole word of mouth thing these days. Right. Because I'm, I'm being incredibly picky with what projects I'm going to do. You have that luxury with the job. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a good luxury to have. That's an important thing. Right. And I recognize it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I've noticed with like the projects that I'm saying no to, just by the way they're talking and like I've been able to analyze what they're actually saying to me right. a lot of people are only wanting like two three hours because they think it's going to be cheaper in the long run yeah when when in reality it's just not and then sometimes too it's about budgets yeah sometimes it is about budgets right but like some guys are unrealistic and will be like oh i just need to book an hour because i'm i'm going to be doing two songs in that hour like no you're not <laughs> yeah yeah. And regardless, I have a three hour minimum. Yeah. I actually think it's a four hour. I have to look at my thing. It's either a three or four hour minimum I have. I have a four hour minimum on the weekends and a two hour minimum weekdays. But then I, I have the luxury that you don't have. I have the studio. Yeah. You don't have to, or I don't have to make the trip to a studio, go through the hassle of booking a studio. Yeah. So a four hour minimum totally makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, otherwise, it's just not worth your time. Well, I, I did, after the rapper that inspired 
this podcast. Like yes. I did a lot of thinking about that stuff. And I, I do remember that I have placed a minimum now because of that. Right. And it just makes sense, right? And if all they're doing is hiring me for recording, it is 75% deposit. Thanks. I think that's fair. It is fair because I need it in order to, in order to secure the space. We need this. Yeah. You can't do that. Then well, too bad. Well, like that rapper, like exactly the deposit I did get for him was not enough to pay for the time. And then you ended up losing money. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not even, not even factoring in the day you took off work. Yeah. And, and the, the travel time and the factor that in is just tremendous amount of money. I lost those two days. And it was a good learning. It was a good learning experience. Oh yeah. Right. Um, Oh, I learned a lot from the the fact that (laughs) buddy wouldn't show up and him trying to be like, Oh, can we just get those two hours moved to another day? And it's just like, no, no, no. I already paid for those hours. Like those hours are lost. You want more hours. You pay for more hours. Yeah. I did meet him like on the street, like, months later oh yeah yep he just yelled at me he's like where's my money i told him to go fuck himself because by not showing up for those four hours that you booked i lost yeah and and i just made up a number i I said i lost four hundred dollars because i booked uh, studio time so shut the fuck up about your 150 bucks (laughs) nice I think that's going to be the title of the the episode. Shut the fuck up about your 400 bucks or how much? 150. 150 bucks. I think what I, (laughs) I think that's what I charged them is 150. It was less than 200. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Speaking of the, um, I'm going to tangent into one of the things on my list. I had a heavy metal hip hop guy in the studio the last couple of weeks. Um, and he introduced himself by saying, Hey man, no one else in the city will work with me. I'm wondering if I can book some time. Oh man. This kind of <laughs> makes me think of, uh, one of my buddy's brother. He is fucking atrocious. <laughs> See, that's, uh, that's the funny thing is this guy's really fucking good. Oh, like he's really good. Not my thing at all. Cause it's, I mean, it, it's rap, right? But he's really good. He Heavy raps in rap. pitch. He raps in key. Um, he, he, he does the really fast stuff. Like, and I mean like the, I can't even scat it as fast as he can, as he can say words. And I call him heavy metal hip hop because like the first song that we did was a horror song about a mad scientist making a human centipede. I wonder what movie that's inspired from. Totally. It, it totally <laughs> is. And he, he even admitted that right up front. Like that's where I got the idea. And, and I just, um, and, and it's, yeah, it super, it was super cool. And it, it, he let me do some really cool, like demonic things to voices and cool effects and stuff. I like it when artists give me the freedom to actually do stuff. But super limited by budget, you know, like only wants to book like two hours per song. And that's, that's for recording, Mm -hmm. editing, mixing and mastering. I know. And, and we didn't even come close on the first time. 
the second one, the second one, we went two and a half hours. Um, and it was because I'm, I had recall notes for his, for his mic setup. So I was able to set it up. We were good to go in like, like six minutes. Right. And, and we were, we were in. Yeah. Interesting. Plus, plus <laughs> I totally cheated and I saved, I saved the mix session and opened that up as the new recording session. So I had all these, all the, like almost like the mix template all ready to go. And as soon as we were done recording and editing, it was like, let's turn this on and this on and this on and this on and this back on and this back on. Let's increase the buffer size because now my computer's slowing down. And Okay, here we go. Okay, now let's spend the next half hour tweaking. <laughs> oh, what'd you lose? Phone. You lost your, you're sitting on it? Your pocket? It's in your toque. Whatever. It'll show up. I'll call you. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Later. Anyway, I was the I was so worried about this guy because like he sent, he didn't sound like a rapper when he called me. He sounded like a like a uh, he didn't have any of the rapper rapper slang or rapper dialogue. He talked like if I'd heard him on the phone talking about politics, I would have assumed he wore a suit to the office. You know, I would have no idea. Okay. But because he specifically said, no one else in town will work with me. Will you, will you record me? I got really nervous. And then he started, uh, then, he, then he started, he, he, he dropped a couple, a couple of hints, but didn't really go into any details. And I didn't really want to ask. And we set up the session and it took him forever to get me a deposit. And so I, I actually asked Roland to show up and like, I don't know what to expect with this guy. I'm super nervous because something, I don't even know why. Like there's a, there's a, there's red flags. There's red flags. Exactly. And so Roland showed up and the, the guy turned out to be a really scary looking guy. Like okay. he looks like he belongs in, um, in corn or, or in, uh, yeah. you, you know, Oh yeah. um, and doesn't have his front four teeth, top or bottom. It's all gold implants and not nice looking implants. It's like, let's make these things as scary as, as we can. Of course. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I so know he, people like that. He turned out to be a super nice guy, but the reason people won't work with him, the reason hip hop producers in town won't work with him is because he released a few months ago, I guess right around the time Trump got elected. Yeah. He released a song, uh, a satire called Nazi. And it's from the perspective of a white supremacist. And you know how touchy people can be. Yeah. Especially in this day and age. He, he got, he got blacklisted by whoever he was working with because it's such, it, it, it comes across as, as super racist unless you get the joke or you get the satire. Right. I don't, know. I, don't I, I haven't listened to the song. The approach of the song was probably, probably. not, done right yeah if he if he did it like goofy and campy which which is not his style his his style is very like heavy metal serious over dramatic right yeah which i can see why it would it would come across in a negative way you could still do like that heavy metal thing though but have like elements of goofiness to just make it clear this is satire and and, you know i haven't heard the song so maybe maybe right but um, anyway, like 
Roland, who's South American and, and like visually South American, yeah. didn't feel uncomfortable around this guy and actually started to like the guy by the end. And he was just a, he was just a, a nice enough guy. And so all yeah. the, all the worries were unfounded. Well, I mean, the no, way I mean, he described it or like the way you yeah. described him describing himself, I would have got red flakes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. Although yeah. usually when I hear I'm a rapper, I get red flags of like, That's oh, you're going to rip me yeah. up. off. No, but he, he wanted to pay in advance him and his, he's got a manager. Excuse me. That's also a rapper. Um, he used, uh, tech nine. Do you know who tech nine yes. is? So he used to tour with tech nine, this guy. Okay. Um, and, and that's, that's where most of his following comes from is cause he used to be on tour with this guy and spent some time, got shot. That's probably why he's prison. good at being fast. Yeah. Tech nine's like, Oh, when people think of fast rappers, tech nine's usually the guy up on that list. Mm. There you go. I know very little about rap, but I know Tech Nine and like your M and M's and and I've I've heard of I've heard of Tech Nine, but I've I, I would never recognize him. Uh, would never know the style. I probably wouldn't if you played a song of his versus like another what they call speed rap. I think. <laughs> so it's not heavy metal rap. Uh, heavy metal rap is called new metal. Ooh, what <laughs> new metal? And you metal? Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was a, a a term back in the '90s. I think it was. That's like your Slipknots. Oh yeah. So uh, so so this disturbed. guy. You know what? This guy isn't um, isn't that. He's hip hop. Limp biscuits. He's he's hip hop, but he's like he does the really fast rapping. Yeah. And and all his themes are really dark and satanic, and dark and devilish and demonic, and yeah, that sounds right? like a lot of the fast rappers, or at least okay. of like the very little of that scene that I know of. And yeah. the only reason I know of that scene is because I know of people who, as you described, this guy who like purposely dress fucked up, <laughs> yeah, and like do right. things to their bodies that make them look more fucked like fucked up to the point of i'm looking at you going like why the fuck did you do that (laughs) (laughs) right like i'm a person who shoved four needles into my lip and i'm going why the fuck did you do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and 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 that's the that's the thing like if, if i met this guy on the street i wouldn't have thought rapper right um i'm no maybe um, but I, I would have thought, I would have thought weird guy, what happened to his face, <laughs> you know, like, especially the grill. Cause that, that was super weird. Um, but just like the moment I started talking to the guy, he was just, a he was just a dude. Yeah. You know, he, he had in- the rappers. I like the ones that don't freaking think that the slang is acceptable in like a professional setting that know that like people like you and I, right don't know what any of those fucking words mean. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, and he, he, he talked about, he talked about, um, how he much prefers the whole, the whole, um, demonic, um, mad scientist kind of persona because he has no interest in, in gangsta, in, 
in typical that rap stuff. kind of cool. Yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe after I'll I'll play the song because because the the um, the Human Centipede song just called Centipede uh, turned out really cool, you know. And and he's legitimately like, I was impressed. The more he did it, and the more consistent he was, I was just impression like impressed after impressed after impressed. And that's me using words. Um, it was just it it, it was it it was it, it was it was actually refreshing. To work with to work with a rapper that was that prepared. One of my coworkers is a rapper, and it, it's I enjoy talking with him because, like, as I I've gotten to know him, it's like he's clearly smart to some point. Like, <laughs> okay. there's I I hate using that term <laughs> or hate how I just worded that because yeah. like there's certain aspects of pro audio that he needs help with. Right. And I'm, I'm more than happy to help him with them. Right. Like he always asks the, the right questions that I'm able to like, cool. Well, there's I this, understand this, this, what he's this, this. And yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like he'll talk about working with rappers and it's, I don't know. I've gained a little bit more respect towards rappers, but at the same time, I will not, work with majority of them. Yeah. I, I I think the only reason I took this guy on was because I needed the money and, and I had an opening exactly when he wanted it. You know? Fair enough. I, 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 cause I mean, I'm, I've been, I've been trying to steer myself away from, from rappers as a rule now too. Well, it's just headaches that it, it's unfortunate, but true where we have to generalize in that. Because there is such a, a large volume of them that rip people off. Well, yeah, or at least my experiences, right? I've been getting, I've been ripped off by rappers, and thus I don't want to work with them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like that, even exactly talking it. to my buddy who works in the rap scene, like I've gained some sympathy for rappers because I've I've now been able to hear stories of like how they're treated by venues and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I guess they're getting ripped off. And so, th- I mean, it's unfortunate that it has to work this way, but cause they're getting ripped off. They think that they have to rip others off. And, and you know what? Like, that's such no. a, that's such a backwards way of thinking it, you know? Ah, uh, at least that's it, how I'm translating these stories is like, Oh, you didn't get paid at your gig. Well, I mean, I, it means I don't have to the pay day. the next thing because I didn't get paid. Fuck. God. Like, I, I, I imagine they're not thinking like that, but they come to us and they're like, oh, it's going to cost that much? That's a lot of money. Not making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault that you're not demanding money from the venue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, yeah. It, I, it's such a It's such a terrible circle that venue wants to rip off venue wants to make money. So they think it's okay to not pay. Oh, we're going to hit the, it shouldn't it. Uh, no, it's going to right away at the 22nd mark Four, three, two, one, And Oh, there we go. Um, wow. We could, we could really go down this rabbit hole forever. Um, but let's not, let's save it for next week. Okay. Cause we, we actually have stuff to talk about now. That's great. All right, man. We will see you next week. You come up with more ideas. All right. I'll try. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) See ya. Follow our hosts on Twitter at 
two bodies of water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.